My name is Katie Tomberlin, and I'm from Carteret County. This is Community Rising, Shoreside's environmental stories, broadcasting from the Working Narrative Studio. Coming up next are stories from coastal North Carolina. Hi, Ben Abrams here, reporter for Community Rising. In my last piece, I spoke with a scientist about what the future of flooding may look like. But that conversation was more about the big picture. Who will be underwater? What time frame humanity has? That sort of thing. This time, I wanted to get a little more personal and get some perspective on flooding from a survivor's point of view. I spoke with Anna Zimmerman, a professor of biology, about her experiences with major flooding in her own home. She talks not only about how flooding affected her financially and psychologically, but also imparts some perspective as an immunologist on some of the health-related consequences of flooding in populated areas. Oh, and a quick note just for context. Anna mentions the Low Country Flooded States of America at one point, which is a group for survivors of flooding. I should point that out beforehand. Here's her story. My name is Anna Zimmerman. I'm a faculty member at the College of Charleston. I teach biology. I'm mom, and I'm a flood survivor. Flooding in Charleston really the last five years has been nonstop. We've had Hurricane Matthew, Hurricane Irma, we've had a thousand year flood. And even as recently as April of 2020, we've had a rain bomb situation where we've had flooding throughout neighborhoods into people's homes and it closes down a lot of streets. Personally, my house was flooded in Hurricane Irma and also with our thousand year flood. And we actually lost our home due to flooding. It became inhabitable due to the mold that came about from repetitive flooding events. We moved to Charleston in 2005. And then in 2015, we had a flood and we thought it was a freak event, a thousand year storm. And so we rebuilt our house only to have two years later during Hurricane Irma, our house to flood again. And when I mean flood, seven to 10 inches of water throughout every room inside the house. And because that had happened twice in a two-year period, this was also coinciding when we were seeing that the flooding in Charleston the last couple of years has just been unreal. And so we knew that probably it would happen again. We were a slab on grade house. And so we had to find another place to live. We were one of the first, but not the last people that are going to have to retreat from where they were living. When you go through one of these events, I think people don't realize how hard it is that really after flooding, it stays with you and just trying to recover. And so these flood survivor events, and I've been pretty involved with the low country flooded states of America. Um, I think the need for flood survivor groups is for people to, one, have someone who understands and then also someone who's gone through it, somebody who understands how do you do insurance claims? How do you navigate building permits? How do you navigate this new normal that you have? 
Well, I think cities like Charleston, the amount of suffering that people are going to experience from flooding is going to be deep. And as an immunologist, one of my concerns, which I think doesn't get enough attention, is the public health aspect of repetitive flooding into housing structures. It is not possible to completely remediate a flooded structure from possibilities of mold. And a lot of the flood insurance claims, they don't cover this. And so people really end up many times through no fault of their own, not knowing that they're exposing themselves and their children to hazardous situations. And that's why we decided never to sell our home that had flooded because we, I could see that there was mold all throughout the walls. And as an immunologist, I just couldn't do that to another person. I really do think as a society, we need to be thinking more about how we are building and where we are building this nonstop building in a floodplain. We're just putting more people in harm's way. And why are we doing that? And you know, this country, it seems like we act reactively instead of proactively, but we could be doing a lot to not exacerbate flooding, such as filling in wetlands. Why are we doing this? We know that that's a buffer to protecting against flooding. Putting houses in floodplains, why are we doing this? You've been listening to Community Rising, Shoreside's Environmental Stories. This podcast is a special project of Shoresides and Working Narratives. Do you have a story from our coast that you would like to share? Contact us at info at Thank you for listening.